0: Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys podcast. That's right, you know where you are, you know what time it is. This is Tyler Sheff. I am the host of the Cash Flow Guys podcast, and this week we're gonna talk about, well, the top 23 questions that I guarantee you, you probably are not asking, and I'm gonna break this up over a couple episodes because this is gonna be a solid gold series. I'm doing this because I'm gonna help you get the information that you need up front so you can make decisions that make sense because here's what I do know 2020 is going to be a year for the year for you 2020 is where things are going to change 2020 is where you're going to knock it out of the park you're going to get the dust those books up off the shelf you're going to get your nose in them you're going to start doing your marketing right you're going to get out there and start raising capital you're going to make deals happen this is your year and here's how we're going to start so let's hit it off with the top 23 questions that we're going to ask now that said I need you to make me a promise. I need you to make me a promise that you're actually going to follow through with this. Now, this is the stuff that I give to my coaching clients, okay? As you guys know, we do the cat, the uh, Mailbox Money Mastermind. We've done that twice an hour. Thinking about doing it again, speaking of which, if you're interested in doing that, if you want me to put together a small group, if you are serious. Now, by serious means I'm not going to chase you down and have to hunt you down so that you join this thing if you are absolutely serious that this is the year to make it happen you want to take advantage of the mailbox money mastermind program whether it be the recorded version or you want to do it in a small group live with me drop an email at info at cashflowguys.com let my team know we'll reach out to you and get and maybe get things set up that said let's go ahead and get started now these questions you're going to have to kind of weave these into conversations these are qualifying or closing questions as you may call them These are questions that are going to help you get the information you need. Number one, to be able to make an offer. Number two, to be able to gauge motivation and behind every property and behind every property owner, there's a story. And if you focus on the story, if you focus on why it's for sale instead of so much, not so much what's for sale, you're going to be a bigger, better investor. You're going to be more profitable. So let's go ahead and get the formalities out of the way. And we'll just go ahead and kick off here. First of all, are the indicated rents, hopefully the listing agent has actually indicated rents and Right now we're going through an exercise where I've got my buyer's agents are going down through the MLS and we're calling on all the properties that are listed, all the multifamily properties that are listed locally in our MLS and we're asking a series of questions to these listing agents. And what we're finding is, well, it's unfortunate, but the listing agents don't have the information. I don't know if they didn't ask, they're not willing to share, whatever it may be, they don't have the information. So in my opinion, and if you're a listing agent and you're thinking about listing any type of an income property, this is information you should probably have because this is the information that helps us make a buying decision. So right out of the gate, what are the indicated rents actual or projected? Now I've said before, at length, brokers and sellers have a way of embellishing or adding to or massaging or fluffing or whatever you wanna call it. If you Sometimes you just call it flat out bullshitting the numbers. Here's an example. The, they say that these this is a triplex that we are happen to be talking about in question this one, the, the rents are running between nine and $1,100 a month. And the, one of the units rents for $87 a day. So you think to yourself, okay, how, how does that work? Well, unless it's rented every day of the year, $87 a day doesn't help me. So the next thing you're going to do is you're going to dig a little deeper and say, what's that look like? So let's, let's look at per month. Maybe we've got, we can get some income data for what does that add up to monthly or what does it add up to annually? And I'm going to talk about tax returns here uh, a little bit into this farther down this this episode or maybe it'll be the next episode but a great way i'll throw this out there to get the information accurate hopefully accurate but they're not cheating on their taxes is to get a the, their uh, a copy of their k1 where they show their profit and loss on the property and that will help you quite a bit but getting this rent amount knowing if it's actual or projected is absolutely critical is this the actual amount that can be verified by the leases yes or no Or is it projected? And if it's projected, that's fine and dandy. So if you know it's BS, okay, fine, then deal with it. But when they tell you that it's actual and you find out later that it's not, well, now you've got a seller that's less than honest. Maybe you've got a broker that's less than honest. So keep that in mind when dealing with them. That means they're probably got a little bit of bottom feeder action going on. You should be, your spidey senses should be tingling. Those red flags should be waving behind you. So ask that question. Are these rents actual or projected? Or is this pro forma? You could also say pro forma. Pro forma is a fancy way of saying projected, or that's code for I'm guessing or wild ass guess, right? Pulling it straight out of my backside. Whatever it may be, get the factual information down. Get it accurate. See where it's at, okay? And yes, this is something that you should be knowing on the front end because here's the thing I know lots of investors out there that make the mistake of going based on what's in face value, saying, oh, well, the broker said it rents for $900 a month. And the broker's, you know, kind of full of poo-poo. And then you make your your you do your due diligence based on or your your offer writing, your underwriting based on nine hundred dollars a month, you find out later that, well, they what they really meant is projected that the actual is seven hundred dollars a month. Well, it certainly changes your cash flow position now, doesn't it? And if you're working out with investors or things like that, folks like that, you have certain guarantees and promises, I shouldn't say guarantees, but promises that you've made to them in regards to profitability you may wind up doing a deal where you got to give your investors all the money. There's nothing in it for you. That's no fun or worse. You're going to wind up writing checks to your investors out of pocket and that's no fun. So make sure we get that dialed in. Another important thing that we're going to want to know are are the tenants are on, are they on annual leases or are they a month to month? And regardless of the answer to that question, we want to know, are they all valid? Whatever leases are in place, are they valid? If it's month to month, is there a written agreement in place? Is it valid or is it expired? And that's what I mean by valid or invalid. Is it, has it, is it expired? I've actually had people write out leases on a napkin. I kid you not. I've had uh, yellow legal paper. I had the back of a, of a Duke energy power bill, not the back of the bill itself, but the back of the envelope, somebody actually wrote out a lease and handed that over as evidence. Well, whether or not it, it's legitimately illegal, it passes muster for you is totally up to you. If nothing else, it wouldn't be a bad idea to pop it by a local real estate attorney and just say, Hey, it, is this enforceable? And if it's not boys and girls, you can change that before you close because at any time you can, the, the the tenant can agree to voluntarily sign a new lease. You can't force them granted in most States anyway. And again, I'm not an attorney. This isn't legal advice, but it doesn't hurt to ask before you go to the closing table. Hey, Mr. Jones and, and Sally, I want to see I, I, the, I'm not happy with the way the lease is written and before we close on this property. I would need you to go ahead and sign a new lease if you don't mind and have put it in front of them, have them sign it. That you can square all this away prior to closing, put it on the seller, make it a condition of the contract that whatever issues you find in the leases can be taken care of prior to closing. And put that, they're the ones that created the mess, they're the ones that should be able to sort it out, okay? Next thing, can you provide the current rent roll and expenses for the last two years? Now the answer is most often not no. And I hear this well because it's a mom and pop place, it's whatever. They don't have good records. I'm like, well, do they pay their taxes? Is the next question I have? Well, of course they pay their taxes. Good. Then they've got a profit and loss statement that they've submitted with their tax returns. I need to see a copy of just that profit and loss statement that they attach with their tax returns so that we can verify the income. Here's why. For us to be able to get a successful appraisal, and this is what I tell a listing agent, for us to get a successful appraisal, to get the highest value we can to make sure this thing closes, we need to provide accurate, um, income information to the appraiser so that they can use both comparable sales and the income method for the appraisal. Now, if we only can go by comparable sales, what I've found, and I'm sure you would know, Mr. And Mrs. Listing agent, based on your experience, I'm sure you would agree. See how we're being nice. We're putting it into them. I'm sure you would agree that we're going well, to, we could risk an unfortunately low appraisal. And if we have a low appraisal, well, guess what's going to happen? We're not going to get the financing we need or the seller is going to have to come down drastically in price. And we wouldn't want that to happen. So if we can just get that information, we can provide it to the appraiser upfront. We can be proactive with that information. That's going to help us get a satisfactory appraisal, which means we can get this bad boy closed quicker. You can get paid. Everybody can get paid and everybody's a happy camper. So guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave it right there. I'm trying to keep these episodes under 10 minutes. This one's running about uh, just about nine minutes here. So, I hope you found value in this episode. I've got a lot more of these coming. Remember, we said there's 23 of them. This was just the first couple. So I want you guys to take action and start asking these questions. Keep a log of these questions, okay? Listen to this episode more than once if you forget them. I can't begin to tell you how important it is to get this stuff out there. Sometimes it's going to be a little challenging, a little difficult. Sometimes you might be a little embarrassed, think you're prodding too much, but at the end of the day, you're protecting yourself and you're protecting the people in your team that you do business with. Catch up the next time. This concludes today's episode. Yeah, episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.